Well, what's up, party people? How's that? Hi, Janae. My goodness, good to see you. Oh, my goodness. Man, it feels, it feels crazy that it's student weekend already. It was just a year ago. I was standing up here. And, so, and we always say that like summer camp starts summer and student weekend ends summer. So if you see me next week just in all black, just let me be. I am mourning. I am mourning. Um, but thank you guys for being here in the room with us. Or if you're watching online like my mom is. Hi, mom. Uh, uh, or, or, or my dad, I told him I'd tell him, go Vols. Go Vols. That's for you, dad. And uh, who booed that? Rude? My goodness. This is not audience participation. But man, thank you guys for being here in the room. Hey, before I get started, what I'd love to do is I would love to just pray um, for, for our teachers and students and staff of, of school. So if you're a teacher or a student or a coach or you work somewhere at a school, will you do me a favor and stand up? I know we're asking you to sit, stand a whole bunch as if you're a helicopter, but if you could just stand for me. Don't make it weird. Just stand up. Just stand up. Yeah. All right, what I want to do, what I want to do is I just want to pray a blessing over y'all as you stand. Let's pray. Jesus, God, I'm thankful for these students and teachers and coaches and faculty. God, I am grateful that as students walk in to their schools this week, Jesus, I pray that they'll be greeted by a happy face and a smile. And Jesus, I pray that these teachers and coaches will make students feel known, cared for, and loved. And Jesus, I pray that they don't just feel cared for by their teachers, but Jesus, I pray that they will feel cared for by you. Jesus, I pray that you will protect our schools. Jesus, keep them safe as our friends are going back Jesus, I pray that this year, students and teachers will know you more this year. You are glorified, God, and may we glorify you in everything that we say or do. Thank you for, for loving us a whole bunch, God. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Thank you, teachers and, and faculty. All right. Here we go. We're in it now, guys. Okay. If you really knew me, you would know that I'm a motion sick guy. Hey, where are all my car sick people at? Where are that? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. It's like a support group. Yeah, there's all those front seaters. Here's the thing, guys. I didn't used to be like this. I used to sit in the back with the best of them. But something's happened to me, and I, I, I hate who I've become. And now I'm like a motion sick person. Guys, I get so car sick, and I even get worse, like airplane sick. And there's nowhere that you would rather be sick, like more than the airplane, right? A few years ago, I was heading to Las Vegas to visit some, some of my friends, and um, I was riding on an airline, and I'm not going to name names. Let's just call this airline Spirit, Okay. So Spirit um, is basically a folding lawn chair bolted to the frame of an airplane. <laughs> All right? Spirit, you kind of sit leaning a hair forward. 
The tray table is about as half the size of your phone, all right? There's no seat back. There's nothing. And here's the thing, guys. I don't pay the extra money to pick my seat because I'm not a millionaire. Um, and, and so I, I always get the middle seat everywhere I go. And guys, I'm, I'm on this airplane, and I'm in the middle. I'm sitting in between two men, and um, I start to get a little warm. <laughs> Some may say hot, uh, and I start getting warm, and so, you know, I do what you guys would do, I, you know, try to turn that on. And guys, it's barely coming out because it's spirit. And, um, um, and, then, and then I'm sitting there, and I look at these guys. I'm like, are your guys is on? Like, let's make sure. And so I'm like, okay, I'm feeling nothing right now. And so then, you know, I turn them all towards me, all right, all of them. And guys, I probably should be ashamed of this, but I'm not. Start getting real hot again. And guys, I just start dropping buttons. <laughs> I get to about here where you can still safely say I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> I, pu I pull that shirt open and I'm just dying for some air to touch my chest. <laughs> That's all I needed. And guys, I'm getting hotter and hotter. And mind you, we haven't moved a millimeter People are still looking for their seats and putting their bags up. And I'm sitting there, and next thing I know, this shirt baby is open. And it's just me sitting in that chair, just dying for air to touch my chest. But then I start to think, oh no, I'm about to throw up. And so I start looking for an air sickness bag, but it's not there because I'm on spirit. It's probably a hundred dollars. But then I'm like, is there a doctor on the plane? But it's spirit. Doctors fly on real airlines. And guys, I'm so, I mean, I am pouring sweat, pouring sweat. And so now I'm like, I have to get to that bathroom right now. And so I stand up and guys... The moment I stand up, we start sailing down that runway. <laughs> Guys, the, the, the nose of the plane is going up, and now I am fighting my way to the front of the airplane as my shirt flails in the wind. <laughs> People think I'm taking over the airplane. People are calling loved ones. They're making a plan to stop me. And I start going, and the lady on the intercom is yelling at me to go back to my seat, but she doesn't know that green isn't my normal complexion. <laughs> and so I get up there, and I'm trying to tell her, but she can't hear me, and finally I get right there next to her, and I go, hey, lady, <laughs> in my pastor voice. <laughs> and I said, hey, I'm going to throw up right here, right now, and it's going to bother everybody. I said, or I'm going to throw up in that bathroom and it's going to bother no one. And then this lady, who is the strongest human being on the planet, grabs me by the shoulders as if I'm a child and throws me into the bathroom. And I hit the wall and then fall back on the ground. And now I'm laying on the ground of a public bathroom. <laughs> and guys, I'm just sitting there crisscross applesauce with my shirt half on. 
throwing up in the bathroom of that airplane. Every so often, the, the stewards would come back and knock on the door, and she'd be like, can I get you some water? Are you okay? I'm like, oh, I'd love some water. And she, you know, she hands me a thimble of water. And, and, and then, you know, she takes my credit card and charges me for $10,000 as if my parents are the Rockefellers. Sheesh. And then I finally stand up in the, in, the, in the bathroom and, you know, I button myself back. I mean, what do you do? I mean, I button myself back up and, and then, the, you know, the, the pilot says we're about to land. So everybody head back to your seats and I walk out of the bathroom and everybody's like, that's that guy. I wonder who stopped him. And I start walking back and I'm, you know, ladies, I don't know what to say. Like, like I'm walking back and then finally I, you know, I have to climb over this man because heaven forbid you move. And, and I climb over this man to get back into my middle seat and both guys are just staring at me. And then the guy looks at me and goes, what was that? And I just said, hey, I, I, I just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say anymore because here's the thing, guys. Now, every time I get on an airplane, I get sick every time. But now, fast forward to today, I just pump myself full of Dramamine and McKenzie just wheels me through the airport. <laughs> Somebody could just take me. Like, I would have no idea. But the thing is, is guys, I can feel 100% fine the moment I get to the airport, and it's great. And guys, I will still be in the terminal. They haven't even boarded group A yet. And I start feeling sick. I'm sitting in the terminal, and every single time, and I don't know what it is, I sit there, and I just start feeling so sick. And I haven't even got on the airplane yet. And it does it all the time to me now. And here's the thing. I know why... I get sick. It's not like I just happen to get the flu every time I go to the airport. It's not a coincidence. I'm not a marvel of science. It's because my brain lies to me. My brain tells me, hey, you're sick now. Now you got to act sick. And I think even though this story is fantastic, and I'll tell it to the day I die, I think it shows us how powerful our brains are. Because here's the thing. It's not just me. You guys do this. Your students do this. They listen to their brain, and their brain's not oftentimes telling them the truth. Guys, I get to coach basketball here in Fort Collins, and I've been coaching for years. I coached at Preston, and now I'm at Liberty Common, and man, it's the best. I love that school. And I get to coach there. And guys, over the years, I've coached some really, really incredible athletes. Athletes who have gone off into college. And it is an honor that I get to still call them my friends. Just this past season, I was coaching our girls team. I coached the boys and the girls at Liberty. And, and, and there was a girl on my team, and her name's Macy. Macy's my girl. Oh, I adore that girl. She's the best. Guys, when I say that she is a coaching, coach's dream, I mean it. She's fast. She's strong. She can score. She rebounds. She, she's a good teammate. She's coachable. And she's a great friend. She's a coach's dream. The worst part about Macy is she has no idea how good she is. No idea. 
We were playing a team last season out in Greeley, and um, um, we, we were playing, and I mean, we were, we were really getting down, and, and Macy's missing some shots, and I can tell the body language gets a little slouchy, and, and I know it. And so it's halftime, and the girls come in, and I'm like, hey, everybody take a breath. Everybody calm down. Everybody, you know, doing that sort of thing. And then we get a break, and they're about to walk back onto the court, and I remember grabbing Macy by the back of the jersey. And I pull her close and I say, Macy, you are the best player in this district. It's time to act like it. And man, that second half, Macy came out, shot out of a cannon. Man, it got to a point where I was kind of rooting for Greeley for a little while. (laughs) Man, it was getting hard. I mean, she was killing them. It's getting hard to watch. Because here's the thing. I don't care what Macy tells herself in her brain. I don't care. I will tell her the truth. I don't care that her brain tells her that she's bad. I will tell her the truth. It is my job as her coach. And guys, sometimes I have to remind her over and over and over again. And here's the thing. We believe things that aren't true all the time. You guys believe things aren't true all the time. You guys think that just because you saw it on social media, that it has to be true. Just a disclaimer, everything on social media is a lie. Like every single thing. And the worst part is we believe it. And then we think because it's in our brains that it has to be true and it's just not. And then we start doing the thing where it's like, because it's in my brain, then we start saying sentences like, this is my truth. Or I'm speaking my truth. And oftentimes that is not the truth. Guys, we do things because our brain tells us that we think it's going to make things better and it ends up making everything so much worse. There's a, I, I'm, I'm going to share with you guys my favorite book of the Bible. It's the book of Jonah. You know why? Because it's the best story. It's wild. And I'm going to give you guys just a rundown really quick of the story of Jonah. Okay, so here it is. Jonah is told by God to go to Nineveh and tell them to to repent of their evil ways. Jonah says, no, thank you. And he goes, he's like, I'm going to go the opposite direction of what you tell us to a place called Tarshish. I feel like Jeff Lucas, Tarshish. All right, Jeff, that's not my joke. That was Brian Armstrong's joke, so you can't get mad at me. And so he goes the complete opposite direction to a place called Tarshish. And what happens is, is he gets on this boat full of sailors, and then this big storm comes. And all these sailors, they're like, we're going to die. We're going to die on this boat. And then Jonah comes out and says, hey, guys, I'm uh, kind of running from God. Um, so this storm might be my fault. And, and then Jonah, seeming to be noble, but he's not, he says, why don't you guys just throw me overboard? And, what's, and you're like, oh, that's so kind of him. It's not. What he's actually saying is, I would rather die than go to Nineveh. And so then these sailors take him and, you know, toss him overboard. And then a big fish comes and just gobbles him up. And it's wild. And then Jonah sits in the belly of this fish and writes this prayer of repentance, but also, again, kind of. And then, and then God gives Jonah a second chance. And then this fish 
barfs Jonah up onto dry land. And I bet you're like, we're still talking about throw up. (laughs) It's student weekend. It's crazy. And then Jonah goes to Nineveh and gives the worst sermon in the history of sermons. He goes, all right? He goes and only says eight words, five words in Hebrew. So it's even worse in Hebrew. He goes and he says this. In Jonah 3, 4, it says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And that's all he says. He doesn't say, this is from God. He doesn't say, God sent me. He says nothing like that. He just says that. Guys, if I could stand in front of middle schoolers and just say eight words and just change their life, they would only listen to three, but you know, you see what I'm saying. (laughs) And And so the thing is, is he says these eight words, and guys, it just works. The people of Nineveh do a complete 180. They repent of all their evilness. And everybody's happy now, except for Jonah. Jonah's ticked. And then we finally figure out why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh to begin with. And it's in Jonah 4.2, and it says, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. And here's the thing. Jonah knew God is going to forgive Nineveh. But Jonah wants, God, wants, wants the people of Nineveh to pay the piper. And here's the thing. The book just ends. Jonah's just sitting on a hill upset. And the book just ends with Jonah choosing to be mad. And I think this story truly shows us how powerful our brain is. I think Jonah truly believes what he is doing is right. Nineveh deserves this. He in his brain is like, yes, this is what I'm doing because this is the right thing, even though God told him to do the opposite. I think this story is strange, and I think that's why I love it so much. I think this story is about a lot of things. It's about God's forgiveness. I think it's about God's love for his kids. I think it's about prayer. I think it's about Jonah. But I really think the book of Jonah is truly about you. I think the book of Jonah is about me. And do we really want to do what God tells us to do? But what if what God tells us to do is something that we just don't want to do? Or, or yeah, I, I kind of just don't feel like it. My brain's kind of telling me something else. And here's the thing, I truly believe Jonah thought what he was doing was best, and it took him getting swallowed up by a fish to go do what God told him to do, and even at that, he did the bare minimum. Here's the thing, guys, Jonah's brain lies to him. Your brains lie to you. Your students' brains lie to them. I see people walking around every single day believing nonsense. I see students walking around, believing in their bones and feeling like they are worthless. I believe there's students walking around believing lies about themselves and there is no one around to tell them the truth. What would happen if we stopped believing lies? What would happen if your students stopped listening to social media and started listening to Jesus? I believe it would change every fiber of their being. 
What if students knew and truly believed that their identity was in Christ? But we need to be reminded, you are the best player in this district. Act like it. We all need to be reminded. We need to be reminded that the God of the universe is wild about us. But how can they know if someone doesn't tell them? Guys, when I was in middle school and high school, I was a punk. Oh my gosh. I was like Eddie Haskell. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver fans, huh? If you didn't understand that joke, Google it. Not now or now, whatever. It's a good joke. I was like Eddie Haskell, and I, I was such a, I made my teacher's lives miserable. I would do anything to make my friends laugh. Anything. And, and the thing is, 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 is I, I, as long as the laughing wasn't at me, I didn't care who it was at. I was a punk and I was a bully. I'd make fun of kids. I didn't care about anything. I wasn't a good friend and I was so insecure. And man, it bled into everything. But then I met a guy named Josh Dillon. Josh Dillon was my high school leader. He was an adult that got placed at my high school to come and tell me about Jesus. And here's the thing. I was not an easy kid to love. And man, Josh was the coolest. He, he came and he shared truth into my life. And guys, I have no idea why he wanted to be my friend. No idea. To this day, I still don't understand it. Because man, I was such a jerk to him. Everywhere we went, I would try to embarrass him. I'd pull pranks on him. I would stand him up. I just wouldn't show up to things. And man, Jesus and Josh truly spoke life into me. He shared not his truth or my truth. He told me the truth. Josh Dillon to this day is still the coolest guy I've ever met. You all are fighting for second. Josh was the first person that showed me what following Jesus was truly about. He was, the one, he was the person who says, I can miss Jesus by breaking all the rules, and I can also miss Jesus by following all the rules. Like the Tim Keller line says, that like, when we worship these rules, we kind of become our own Savior. He was the one who showed me how to talk or how, how to treat girls, and he modeled how I should be speaking about them. There's this beautiful Jeff Lucas line that says, following Jesus is not a tightrope to walk, but it's a field to run. My friend Josh Dillon showed me that. Josh Dillon is the reason I follow Jesus today. I truly believe I would, I would have walked away from my faith in college. I truly believe that. He's the one who challenged me to start serving. Where can you go and serve? And I started leading at a school called Carnes High School. And guys, it changed my life. My faith was now not just something I said, but it was something that I did. It changed my life. G uh, Josh, I still don't know what he saw, but he saw something in me that I did not see and still don't see. And he showed me that following Jesus was a life of adventure. And here's the thing. Over 20 years ago, if Josh Dillon would have said, yeah, no thanks, I don't really have time to lead right now, I truly believe I would not be standing here today. My friend Josh is actually watching. Hey, buddy. Thanks, man. 
Fast forward to today, I have the best job on the planet. I really do. I get to tell your students how incredible they are, regardless of what they believe in their head. I get to tell them how incredible they are. And guys, it is an honor, and I mean that, an honor to tell your students how incredible they are. When a seventh grade girl comes up to me and says, hey, no boy will ever like me, I get to look her in the eyes and tell her the truth. When a student's getting picked on at school, I get to say, hey, buddy, it gets better. When a student doesn't make the team, I get to sit and still tell them that you are still valuable. Guys, I get to celebrate when your students, when things are the best. And guys, I've gotten to sit and cry with your students when they're not. And it's the best. And guys, it is an honor to get to be in the lives of your students. An absolute honor. But we all need to be reminded. Just to be clear, I need to be reminded that Jesus loves me dearly, and I need it daily. We need adults and students' lives that refuse to lie to them. We need adults and students' lives that, that will not let them believe their own lies. We need students to tell stu- we need adults to tell students that harming yourself is not the answer. We need adults and students' lives that say, no, you are not born broken. We need adults and students' lives that will tell students the way that you're feeling now will not be the way you're feeling tomorrow or the next day or the next month or the next year. We need adults and students' lives, and those people are you. But here's the thing. I get it. We're busy. We get, we're busy. You're like, I'm real busy. I don't think I have time. And, or maybe you're like, hey, I'm really, really awkward. Um, um, I, I like to say that so am I. I'm pretty awkward. My friend Bob Sill says, you're awkward, but at least you're endearing. I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't know. I took it as one. Whatever. Or maybe you're out there and you're like, what if a kid asks me a question that I just don't know the answer to? Or maybe you're out there and you're like, I just, I don't feel good enough. Guys, the majority of my life, I have struggled deeply deeply, with the feeling of good enough. I don't remember a time in my life where I truly felt that I was good enough. Guys, I feel terribly insecure right now as I stand here. Guys, I feel terribly inadequate that this church would let me stand up here and say things, and I feel even more inadequate that y'all would listen. Guys, I have so many flaws and things that I absolutely hate about myself. I don't feel like I should be in charge of leading anything, let alone being recognized as a pastor. And guys, most days, I don't feel good enough to be a husband. I don't feel good enough to be a dad. I don't feel good enough to be a brother or a son or a friend. I don't feel good enough to be a coach. I don't feel good enough to be a supervisor or a pastor. And guys, most days, I don't feel good enough to call myself a follower of Jesus. But guys, it's okay. You know why? It's because my feelings are liars. My brain lies to me. God has already told me that I'm good enough. God has told you that you are good enough. But we need reminders. 
just like your students, just like your neighbors or your coworkers or your friends or your kids. They need reminders. Because here's the thing. God does not say, go, go and be light when you have the time. God doesn't say, go and be salt when your kids move out. He doesn't say, go be truth tellers when work calms down. He doesn't say, go into all the nations and preach the gospel when you have the energy. Guys, I've sat down with hundreds of people that'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll start serving and I'll help out with media or, or the Men of Valor or TSA or wherever. It's like, I, I, I'll, when God tells me, I, when God tells me, I'll go do it. And guys, we shouldn't be waiting on God's voice for things he's already told us to do. I want us to be a church that reminds people of how deeply loved they are by Christ. So what am I telling you to do? What does this all mean? I want us to be people who call out lies. The biggest critic of myself is me. I tell myself some really mean and unfair things in my head, and so do your students. I want us to be a church that we root for students. We cheer them on. Second, find a place to serve and do it regularly. Guys, get involved at TSM or Timber Kids or women's or small groups or media, just wherever, somewhere where you can serve and just say yes. I truly believe it will change your life. Third, if you struggle with lies in your head, dig into Scripture. Find out what the God of the universe says about you. Or maybe you need to sit down with a counselor. Guys, the Matthews household, we are firm believers in counseling. We believe it. Oh, we think every single person here should be in counseling. Counseling is not a sign of weakness, but it is a sign of wisdom. Because guys, we're all broken, just out here trying our best. Guys, that's all I got for you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I want you to know what it is, how much of an honor it is to stand here, and I mean that. I promise this is something that I will never, ever take for granted. Thanks for listening. I'm going to pray. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Jesus, I pray for the people in here right now that are struggling with believing lies. Jesus, thank you for offering us truth. Jesus, I pray for people in here that will walk alongside other people and tell them the truth. Jesus, I pray against lies in our head and online and wherever we see it. Because your truth, may we always know that. We sure do love you. Amen. Hey guys, love y'all.
If there's something in your life that you would like prayer for, our prayer team will be up here at the end of service, and they would love nothing more than to talk with you and to pray with you. To those of you who are faithful to giving at Timberline, thank you. We're serious. Your giving makes a tangible difference in the lives of students and allows us to do what we do, to buy those cups of coffee with them, to take them to camp, to show them how loved they are. If you'd like to give, you can give using our website or there's a box in the very back if you'd like to give that way. If you're interested in joining us for back to school prayer, that seven days that starts this afternoon, there's a table in the mall. We're forming this really beautiful paper chain of all the people who have signed on to praying as a reminder to students, like a visual reminder of how many people are praying for them as they head back to school this week. We'd love for you to sign your name onto that. Justin asked you guys to consider a place in your lives that you can start serving. And he asked you to think about maybe that place being TSM or Timber Kids. If you're sitting out there and you're like, I'm not 10% interested, but I'm not 0% interested, you're our people. Okay, <laughs> come talk to us. Just a little bit more than zero, that's all we need. Justin, Pastor Felix, or myself would love to sit down with you, buy you a cup of coffee, and talk about what it would look like for you to lead with us at TSM or Timber Kids. Please come see us. And I want to remind you guys one more time about our orientation and cookout happening in 15 minutes, 12 actually, 12 minutes, starting in 12 minutes in the Student Center and in the East Auditorium. If you're a new family, we would really love to meet you learn some names, meet your students. Please come see us. We also have tables in the mall. Come talk to us. We'd love to see you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Thank you for being here.